is the Grow Your Clinic podcast from Clinic Mastery. We help progressive health professionals to lead inspired teams, transform client experiences, and build clinics for good. Now, it's time to grow your clinic. Jack O'Brien, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Ben. Something caught my attention the other day. I had a beaming smile because one of my favourite brands, Patagonia, had mm. some headline news. Mm, you are a brand. You are a bit of a brand guy. I love it. I think everyone's a brand person. You know, we all have our preferences. Mm-hmm. But what happened the other day, and I'm going to share my screen for those watching on YouTube, was- you do that, Ben, for listeners, if you're listening, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, search Clinic Mastery, Grow Your Clinic, and you'll be able to see what we're talking about. The headline was- the founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, the founder, the family as well behind Patagonia, have given away their $3 billion business. That caught headlines everywhere. So here is a letter to shareholders, if you would, and it's titled, if you're looking at my screen, Here is, Earth is now our only shareholder. Mm -hmm. And one of the key lines that was referenced was, instead of going public, being a publicly listed company, they're a privately owned entity, he goes, you could say we are going purpose. Mm -hmm. I kind of got chills hearing and seeing kind of the fanfare around this. Now, This is not the first time this sort of thing has happened. There's, of course, the 1% or the pledge of a whole bunch of billionaires, et cetera. We'll try and remove as much political talk out of it as possible. But what I loved seeing was someone that bootstrapped a company from the very beginning. And there's some legendary stories about Patagonia's beginnings. Mm. Had such a purpose you know, for the environment and sustainability. They've done that throughout their business practices, but get to this point in their career where they're essentially saying, we're handing over the keys to the company. It's going to continue and still be a profitable company, but we are going to better use those funds to support the causes that matter to us. Love it. What was your take when you saw the news? One of the things that I... Full disclosure, I've struggled with with Patagonia and a few others. Um, ben and Jerry's have been in the news a little bit this week as well. Is sometimes we can get a little mixed signals on businesses that are actually doing good versus those who signal that they're doing good uh-huh. but don't actually do it. And I'll put my hand up and say, at times I've perhaps questioned Patagonia, and clearly right. I've been defunct. I see these certifications and things that are a bit of a signal. But what we've seen with Patagonia is they put their money where their mouth is, quite literally. And I love the idea of not going public, we're going purpose. And clearly it's a nice alliteration. But what it reminded me of, and I'm going somewhere with this, is we sometimes think binarily or binary in business. Yeah. You're either a for-profit, capitalist, money-hungry, profit-driven business, or you're a not-for-profit. And it's all about the social side of things. But it doesn't have to be that way. There's for-profit, not-for-profit, but there's also for-purpose in the middle. And that's about going purpose or for purpose. Reminded me of, I don't know if you know this, Ben. Have you heard of Muhammad Yunus? Is he the guy kind of talked about microfinance? 
Yeah, yeah. So he's like the the father of microfinance, one of the founders of microfinance, but he started a for-purpose business. He was the original, like the OG back in the, oh, geez, I've got it here. It's probably back in the 80s, 1980s. He started a yogurt company. He was selling yogurt in, you know, in the, the West or in the developed world for profit and then like making a healthy profit, pun intended, <laughs> making a massive profit so that he could provide yogurt for developing countries, particularly places like India where yogurt is huge if you love your tandoori. Yeah. And so he talked about for purpose businesses. I love that. It's for profit. Mm. Like we're here to make a profit to use it for purpose. And I think that's the difference with Patagonia, right? They're not saying we're going to be a not-for-profit. They're actually saying we still want to make millions, billions of dollars. Yes. But that profit would go to the shareholders that is now the earth, right? Yes. Like something like $100 million a year, they're looking at being able to better utilize to support worthy causes. Pretty incredible. and. No story is going to be absolutely perfect, but I just, I love the kind of intentionality behind it to be able to create a brand that stands out. At the end of the day, we often talk with clinics about differentiation, where they sit in the marketplace, whether that's recruiting team members or clients. At the end of the day, it's an apparel company, you know, the pl- sure. plenty of apparel companies, you know, a t shirt, sure. a jacket, a hoodie, a jumper, whatever. But you start to attract people that have a shared set of values or beliefs. And I think you create somewhat of a a movement and you get to inspire, hopefully, those people to or influence them in a way that is an extension of your core purpose. Yeah. I think, I mean, Patagonia, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm no geek on Patagonia, but it's basically a lifelong guarantee, isn't it? Like you can take your clothes back for life. That's unheard of in the apparel game, to your point, in a game that we're an industry that is hard to differentiate. They've differentiated not just on color mm. or style, but like on a lifetime guarantee on your clothes. Like you can take your jacket in and just get it repaired, can't you? It's unreal. But yeah, the stuff they have and the materials they use and source, you know, at the end of the day, they're still creating a reasonable consumable that's getting worn and maybe thrown out over time. But I think what they do consciously within their current operations and then obviously outside of that supporting the causes that they do is a real kind of inspiration for mine to say you may not have a purpose that is around saving the environment. It might be around contributing to your profession and the research that is available and upskilling the next generation. It might be related to animals. It might be related to a specific condition that you treat and see. It can be anything to you. I think what matters is that it's meaningful and that you really feel compelled to make a difference. Some of the things, though, that clinic owners will say is perhaps I'm not in a position financially to contribute hundreds or thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. What else can I do to be able to support it? And it's almost like they have to be in this super profitable position before they start Mm. contributing or integrating You've taught me a lot about aligning with purpose, with the things that matter to you. What are some of the things that come to mind for you when you hear clinic owners ask you that question? One of my mentors taught me really early on that money is just an amplifier. And so what you do with a little bit of money will really be amplified when you have a lot of money. And so if we're always saying, I'll give when I have more, 
we've never got more. It's never enough. And so if you can be, you know, there's an old proverb, but if you can be faithful with the small, you'll be faithful with the large. Can we give when we don't have a whole lot so that when we do have a lot, we continue the habits of giving? So I think that's a key principle, whether it is your treasure or your time or your talent to play on the alliteration. There's always something, and I know we've been talking about this a lot over like years now, and yeah. that graph that you explained mm. or helped to formulate the, the mental map of how we can give, because it's not just all about money, right? Now, money is helpful. And I think what we as, you know, sometimes humans fall into the trap of is comparing or judging and, and having this hierarchy yeah. of more money is better than less money or giving money is more valuable than giving time. And I think it's, it's helpful just to release yourself of those expectations and do what you can with what you have. So if you've got money, use it. If you've got more time than money, use that. If you've got unique skills or contributions, use that. So I'm thinking about the um, that graph. I've got it here in the book, the Grow Your Clinic book here. And for those playing along, if you've got the book, it's page 90. But you can think about your giving of that axis of an X and a Y axis, the X axis being participation and what can you do, and the Y axis being more along the implementation side of things. So there's always something you can do, right? We can always do something for others. It might be giving money, but it might be volunteering your time. It might be, and I, you know, you've inspired me on a number of fronts to integrate my social contribution in things that I'm already doing anyway. Who gives a crap toilet paper or thank you water for water or, or Patagonia in that sense? If we're going to buy clothes, might as well buy helpful ones. You know, that type of thinking is contribution. Mm. is making an impact, is amplifying our impact through, we're, gonna, we're all going to buy toilet paper anyway. <laughs> we might as well buy something that's sustainable, right? I think so, especially for those folks that in particular, they might have some constraints on their finances or feel that that is a little more precious to them right now than others that might have a greater abundance of it. I remember having a conversation with someone who said, you know what, I will give money freely because I value my time way more than that. Because if I use my time effectively, I'm able to make more money really, really quite well. I back myself to do it. But my partner wants to give all of their time. You know, that's their way of expressing it. For mine, I think it's we do internal training here at CM, just like you would in your clinic. And recently, we're just giving some context on clinics for good. Got a couple of new team members, a couple of team members that have been with us for a while, and a good refresher to where it comes from. And really to share that through a lot of our interactions with clinic owners, whether it be at events or in our coaching consulting capacity, we heard a lot of clinics who had something that they were passionate about, that they they felt compelled to contribute to a purpose, perhaps beyond their core consulting or profession. And mm. they were kind of doing it off to the side and not really making a song and a dance and a fuss about it. That's totally cool. We're not suggesting you get out there and try and flex. <laughs> but there was this like underground sort of contribution and meaning and purpose behind what a lot of people were doing. And they were using their business their clinic really to be able to feel that thing. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. There are people doing incredible things for their local and global community. And for us, part of that ability to contribute is advocacy, is to be able to give a voice. 
And part of that for us amongst a few different ways to those access that you spoke about, JOB, was clinics for good and being able to actually bring it to the surface where we certainly felt like people were hiding that part of themselves and their business to go, hey, perhaps if you actually integrated this into your clinic, you would resonate and connect more with your current team, future team, same with clients, et cetera. So for mine, I just love hearing people doing impactful work in something that really matters to them. And and we all have different things that matter to us. So good on you, Patagonia. You're right. I mean, there's so many rabbit holes we could go down. But first of all, I would say if you're listening to this and you're a clinic owner who's driven by impact, you're in the right place. There's so many different really valuable communities of clinic owners. What I love about our community is they're driven by impact and making a difference. So I love that both with their team, with their clients and community and the broader community. So number one, you're in the right place. Number two, we I remember we were on a, a work trip and we were wrestling with this idea of like, how do you talk about what you do? I know I'm often torn between, you know, there's that old proverb of don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Like when you give, give in secrets and don't make a big song and dance. It's quite an Aussie cultural thing to do. But on the other side, I know so much of my personal journey and our journey of CM is around amplifying the impact of others and the impact we make. I pull no punches around wanting to be able to give and make a big difference. That's really what gets me out of bed in the morning. And so what I have learned or come to a a realization is that talking about your giving can be used for both negative and positive. It's all in how you approach it. It's all in your mindset and how you frame it. If you're coming from a place of ego or, or soulishness or looking for accolades, people can smell that from a mile away. But if you're simply looking to share the great things that your team are doing and inspire others to come along the journey, it really resonates. You know, I think about if I can might share my screen, if, if folks are watching along here, I think mm. about one of our team members and so many of our team, so I don't want to, it's hard to name names, but certainly Tony and the team at Melbourne Sports Physio have it really publicly on their website around what they do to make an impact, partnering with B1G1 and, and they're supporting wildlife and the bushfires across to hospitalised children and trees and toilet access and the different causes they're supporting. And I know for Tony and the team, that's tied to the patients they see. They've got a system for collecting the data of the clients that they see and help, and that goes towards contributing to sustainable development goals. We do the same thing at CM. Mm. We help the families in Indonesia to grow their small business and we help women become health leaders and provide food and water and education and and all that sort of stuff. You can see 25,000 impacts. And we say that to say that it's you can integrate this into how you do business. That's such a key is to integrate it. And you know, we take inspiration from mobs like Patagonia who it's, it's so deeply ingrained mm. in what they do and, and what we do at CM and what so many hundreds of our clinics in our community do as well. I love that. Annie Strauch, member of the CM community as well, I think has done a wonderful job in the advocacy realm of yeah. inclusion and diversity, the LGBTIQ a, I think I, I got that right. Apologies if I, if I haven't, but that 
has been a core purpose for her. She works in the performing arts scene. And so being able to create an inclusive and diverse workplace and be able to support that community in their health has been fantastic as well. And I think of another member, Kate, who we talk in the book on that page you're referencing, page 90, Jack, of the sort of integration framework that decided she needed admin support and was able to hire someone in the disability space Mm. to take that role. You know, that really mattered to her is equal opportunity. So there are different things that matter to different people. I just, uh, I love that you can be more intentional about the decisions that you make. I think to that point, Jack of let's look at what we're already doing and maybe there's a substitute Or maybe there's a better way to do the same thing. It doesn't have to be an add-on necessarily. that's right. It it can Um, be a substitute or an atomic habit where they're... It's kind of an evolution, isn't it? You could substitute, you could add on, or you could do something new. Yes. Well, we hope this has stirred something for you about what the core purpose you have as an individual, perhaps as a clinic collective, and how you might be able to better integrate making your impact by the daily operations of what you do in your clinic by seeing and serving patients in your local community. Jack, thank you for your contributions. We look forward to another episode very soon. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Your Clinic podcast. To find out more about past episodes or how we can help you, head to www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. And please remember to rate and review us on your podcast player of choice. See you on the next episode.